Hi fans, this is Matt Frewer from Max Hedrum and Eureka, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This episode brought to you by Michael Crate and James Husband. Special love goes out to Lee Kemp, who manages our Facebook page. If you like what you're hearing here on the Sci-Fi Diner, feel free to leave us a tip at patreon.com backslash sci-fi, spelled the right way. And by Audible. Get a free audiobook when you sign up today. AudibleTrial.com backslash sci-fi diner. Engage. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, where we serve up interviews, news, and our view on the world of science fiction. Come, grab a chair, and enjoy the conversations. I'd say we've got an unexpected guest. Rose. Now we're going, we don't need roads. I've got a bad feeling about it. Quiet. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. Hi, I'm M. Ciro Garcia. That's right. M is back. We haven't talked to you in forever, M. You know, it's been a month. I know. It's forever. Forever in podcasting world. I know, and I, my Miles isn't here. I know. Well, he'll be here in the next show. He's, he's he's shoveling snow because Pennsylvania decided, you know what? It's our time to get dumped on. Dude, there's so much. Like this morning, my boss came into work, and he lives about 15 miles, but up in the mountains. And he said, there's an inch of snow at my house already. We're going to finish these meetings in four hours. Done. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Make it so happen. He, like I was, I had the... um the weather channel screen, like the, the AccuWeather um, map on with all the colors. And it was slowly changing from greens, which is red to blues, which is snow and ice. And I thought, Oh my stars. And then we all left early. You left early. Didn't you? Yeah. They dismissed early. So, and we were one of the only schools, but our, our school butts up against the Maryland line and they were getting sleet at nine o'clock this morning. And, uh, I think our school district said, you know what, sending kids that can drive and buses home and sleep, eh, let's send them home early. Yeah, <laughs> smart move. Yeah, I smart think so move. too. And tomorrow doesn't look like, it doesn't look much better. We're supposed to get up toward eight inches of snow by the time it's all said and done. So, so where I live, we're not going to get the full snow. We're going to get, we've got sleet right now. There's an inch of ice on the steps to my, in, down to my front door. And we're supposed to get that, and then it's as soon as the sun goes down, which is about now, um, it's gonna get cold. So that crap is gonna freeze, and then we get snow. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I already, I already said I'm working from home tomorrow. I'm not even gonna try. Yeah. I'm not even gonna attempt. And like by the time everybody listens to this, everyone will be home and safe and laughing. <laughs> right, right, right. It'll be like warm out, and you know everything else, but. That's Maybe just the way. I don't know what Scott and him are talking oh, about. Yeah, first Clearly. day of spring, pa. <laughs> you know, you know. One of the things that we were, I was dialoguing with some teachers about. I always thought spring was March twenty first. When did it become March twentieth? I don't know. Has it always I been think, March twentieth, like or is it just it shift? I don't know. Like you know, typically like the the solstice, right? You know, the like the right? it's like midnight. Like so, I'm like typically like December twenty first and. I, I just thought it was March 21st, but uh, I was informed quite early on this year that it was actually March 20th. And though, Scott, you are wrong. And maybe it's my failing memory, but. 
Here we go. Spring in the United States of America and the rest of the Northern Hemisphere, the first day of spring season is the day of the year when the sun crosses the celestial equator moving northward on March 20th or 21st. This day is known as the vernal equinox. There you go. You're welcome. Thank you so much. And that's that's what to grow on. (laughs) There you go. There you go. You know, it's it's one of those things like uh, I just remember it being the 21st. I didn't realize it shifted. Maybe I just didn't remember it shifted. I probably knew it at one time. But I figured it had to have something to do with it had to have something to do with when um, it, a specific positioning of the earth and the sun. Um, and I presumed I always thought it shifted around. So I didn't know it was mostly on the first or the 21st. Um, but it. It just kind of bounced around here and there. Um, I presumed, like Easter and like a lot of a lot of religions, there aren't if there isn't a specific date like Christmas on one particular day that they're all based on like celestial reasons. Right, right. Science, everybody. I know. Amazing, (laughs) amazing man. Talking about science, we 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 lost a major player in the science field this past week. Oh my stars! You know. Oh yes. Stephen Hawking. Yeah, you know, <gasps> for, for me, when I think of it, when I think of him, I think of all the theoretical science he did with like black holes and the universe. And this is fantastic. He just as a man had, he had such a presence of mind and state of being that regardless of what physical state his body had taken, he was like, he, that never hindered him. Yeah. I mean, you know what, you know what I mean? Right. Just, just this, the beautiful math and physics and and theory and everything that came out of that brain was just so special and opened a lot of minds. There are a lot of a lot of the science we have today are are is is from people who were inspired by him or who were taught by him or just it's it's truly. I mean, the man suffered, right? So wherever he is, I. All I hope is that Einstein greeted him with like a hot with a cocktail. <laughs> said, "Welcome! Oh my God, we missed you!" But it, yeah. oh, and uh, March fourteenth—that's Einstein's birthday. Yeah, also Pi Day. Also Pi Day. Pi Day. Um, well, yeah. So we're definitely going to be missing him in the science world, that's for sure. But uh, I'm waiting. I, I know this. This is probably crass, but I'm waiting <laughs> for the episode of. Um, of the Big Bang Theory, where Sheldon finds out that he's passed. Uh, do they do that sort of thing? I'm, I'm not keeping up with Big. There Bang. are a couple of weeks. There are a couple of weeks ahead in production, right. so like they haven't gotten there yet. But they'll, I, the, the, do they typically weave stuff like that in? Well, he loved Stephen Hawking, and Stephen Hawking was on the show a couple. Well, Stephen was on the show a couple of times. Okay. Oh. So, I mean. Yeah. It, it it breaks my heart. Yeah. But as uh, after after watching my father suffer for years and years and then go to the great beyond, I miss him dearly, but I know he's at peace. So I, I and not a lot of people think that way. And I've been given grief for making that statement that, you know, where he is, he's at peace. Right. So anyway. Yep, absolutely. But we yeah. have a lot of his work and his writings um, 
to sustain us and to keep, you know, the fires of imagination going. Well, there's no doubt that that he'll go down as being, you know, one of the 20th century's uh, probably most brilliant minds. So, oh yeah. So, absolutely. Did that man, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, what's going on in your sci-fi world? Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, my sci-fi world is a little boring. I've been I so. I, did we talked since the cruise? We have not. And I was that needs to be on the list. I said, you know, talk oh about God, Joku the cruise. cruise. The Joku Cruise was amazing. It was super fun. Um I uh had a lot of fun. I saw a lot of people that were just wonderful, talented people. Um I had my few minutes with Will Wheaton, my close personal friend who's not my close personal <laughs> friend, he's just a really great guy. Um and Ann Wheaton, who is gorgeous as the day go as long. Um Amazing music, great writers. Um, do you know of a writer and comedian by the name of John Hodgman? Uh, but I suppose okay. after I hear it from you, I'm going to have to check him out. So do you remember the commercials, the Mac PC commercials? with yes. Justin? He was PC. <laughs> he was. Yes. And then in, it's been a while and he's been on a lot of TV shows and he's he was on um, uh, Bowstar Galactica. Oh, really? Uh, he was a surgeon for one episode, which was awesome. So he's very cool. So on the boat, which if none of you know anything about it, it's just a it's basically like a, a very cool, mellow Comic-Con, but on a cruise ship. Um, That's a good and description there's a lot of it. Official events. And then there's a lot of events that are kind of uh, that we call shadow cruise, which is just stuff that, you know, people creatively like we could have had a podcast recording and called it a shadow cruise event which is super fun. So one of the shadow cruise event is an open mic night. And the last few times I've sung a song or played and played my uke. And it was really funny and fun. And it was great. Um, this time my friend Colin and I, hi Colin, um, not Colin, but Colin, my friend Colin, um, he and I played Luvian Rose in, uh, English. And then he played with me because I was still, um, figuring out and polishing my, Klingon, and then I sang Luvian Rose in Klingon. Because um, who loves harder than the Klingons, right? And Luvian Rose is such a romantic song. So I sang that at Open Mic, and that was a Thursday. And this very cool comedian and my dear friend Molly were hosting it that night, and the next day I was at the pool, and I saw the, the, the comedian, his name, um, oh my God, completely escapes me, Travis. Uh, I said, hey, Travis, it was super fun at Open Mic Night. You were great. And he said, I have never, ever heard Le'Veon Rose sung in Klingon. And at the table <laughs> right next to him, and these are small, like, little cafe tables. Right. The table right next to him, all I see is this hat tip up and a face that I recognize. And it's John Hodgman. And he said, you sang what in Klingon? And I said, I sang Le'Veon Rose in Klingon. And he said, his follow-up question was the best. In what key? Oh. That was, and I said, uh, uh, John Hodgman is talking to me uh, in my head. Like I'm going nuts. And then I remembered, oh, it's in the key of G. So he pulls out his uke and um, his beautiful ukulele, which plays like a dream. Wow. Um, and I played, I, I played for him, my ver the version that I know in the key of G. And then he said, could you sing it in the key of C? And I said, well, I don't know. Would you play it? And so he starts playing it. And I start thinking about it and we figure it out. And he told me that I had a lovely voice, which was very nice. Um, so we figured it out. He said, listen, 
So tonight, Jean Grey, who is an amazing rap artist, and she's an amazing poet, and I love her to bits. Um, Jean and I are doing, we have our, we're on the main stage tonight. And I said, I know, I can't wait. He said, and at the end, we always sing a song. We just happen to be singing Louvian Rose tonight. So Jean is going to sing it in English. I'm going to sing it in French. Would you like to sing it in Klingon with us? My only response was, absolutely, I would. Oh, that's awesome. I go to sound. He invites me to sound check where we go and we play. And Jean Grey tells me I have a beautiful voice, which I explode a million times. We get on the stage and um, my friend Sarah, who is the stage manager, I'm just smiling at her and she's smiling back. And then she comes to afterwards. She's OK, you'll come up. This is where you're blocking and we'll have a seat here for you. And I said and then I was like, oh, my God, friend, because she was working, Sarah. And then friend Sarah was like, I can't effing believe this. And she's like, I know you're a performer for tonight. And I said, that's amazing. So then we went back to business. And then that night, um, I didn't tell, I told two of my friends, I had to tell Colin because I had to go running to his stateroom and I woke him up and I said, I don't care if you're awake or not. I need to rewrite Lovey on Rose in the KFC and I need to transpose the music and I need your help. <laughs> my, my friend Colin is a, is a conductor by like hobby like that's just a hobby of his he can play like 15 different reed instruments and he conducts so we get lunch we figure it out i get a lot of scotch he gets a bunch of scotch we sit and play music we figure it out it was amazing then i went to sound check and then i went to dinner and then i started to panic a little and i told my friends to sit here and just wait and then um then my cue happened, so I ran. I got to my blocking. I stood in my place. Jean sang, and then John sang, and then I sang. And I'll tell you the truth. The minute John started playing the music, the ukulele, um, I, I don't even know what happened. <laughs> I know what happened is because lots of dear friends recorded it. Um, video <laughs> of course. So... Like in the end, like, oh, I just was, it was so amazing. Such an amazing feeling to be up there and to sing. And I, I don't, I just started singing in front of people again. I just started having that confidence again and to just go and do and not obsess over it was just wonderful. So I, I, I got to be a performer on the Joko cruise for all of one and a half minutes. And it was amazing. That is and it had awesome. nothing to do with science fiction, but I don't care. Well, no, 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 <laughs> it does. Cause it was in Klingon. It was in Klingon. And then after I finished singing, John said, I don't know if you all noticed, but she was singing in Klingon and I got a big applause and it was great. And, um, <laughs> I need my friends who all have the video. I need them to post it. So I can share and I'll share it on the sci-fi diner. If I, you know, I don't care if people are interested or not, I'll still post. You should post it. Cause I want to hear it. I was going to ask you to sing it tonight, but I have the lyrics somewhere. That's great though. Did you translate them yourself? So I, um, I found the correct translation from French to English, um, that, uh, Edith Pfaff had written, and then I sat with three different translators online and figured out the proper translation, but then it really needed an interpretation. So I interpreted it into Klingon in a different way. Um, and then I found some guy at uh, MIT 
uh, on a message board and I sent it to him. I said, I'm pretty sure this is right. And he said, let me send it to my friend in, um, in Colorado who, um, who teaches Klingon. Okay. Like you do. Um, so I got his blessing and then I reinterpreted it back into English because the, the Klingon way is just so much more ballsy. (laughs) When, when John Hodgman asked me, why did you do it in Klingon? And I'll, I won't use the colorful language that I used. I said, well, nobody, you know, what's better than harder and, you know, with more passion than the Klingons. Right. And he nodded and said, oh, I agree. And we moved. On. You moved on. <laughs> we moved on. And so then I got to sing and only one person came up to me and was giving me grief about my pronunciation. And I said, you know, I, I, I didn't just pull this out of my behind. If I was going to do this, I was going to do it right. right. So it was super, super fun. Um, I'm so excited that it happened. That is um, awesome, though. It was very cool. It was very, very cool. Um, what else? I got – and everybody's just so lovely. And this year, I, I spent a lot of time just socializing and I went to some of the some of the talks, and I didn't want to bother anybody because it's their vacation too. Um, but uh, I, I I just had a wonderful time just being around these amazing creative people who love the same stuff we do, and just talking about that, not talking about careers or you know how do you how do you know how do you handle this or you know can you give me the name of your of your of your agent. Just like shooting the, you know what it was, it's lovely to get that time to just be people who dig the same stuff. It's awesome. Was, was, uh, was our good friend, uh, Patrick there? Patrick Rothfuss was there. Yes. So I got to tell you a story and maybe I share, I don't, maybe I, maybe I shared this in the diner. I don't think I did, but I did just bear with me. If you're, if you heard this story before, uh, So I'm sitting in class. I'm telling, you know, I I this as an English teacher, I always post like what books I'm reading. And right now I was going through name of the wind. And then I'm now I'm going through wise men's sphere again. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm saying, yeah, I said, uh, I'm reading this book and I never seen a picture of Patrick Rosfuss. Uh, and I just happened like before the one class started, I just pulled it up on the whim and did not expect what I ran into. ZZ top. Yeah, it, exactly. I didn't. I didn't. I don't know what I expect. I didn't have any expectation, but I didn't necessarily expect that. So I pull it up and the kid in the screen, and um, and one of the kids in the back goes, "Ah, yeah, I know him." I'm like, "What?" And he goes, "What?" He goes, "He goes, yeah. He he was at a D and D tournament down at Pax East." And he goes, "Yeah." We, so we talked and played together. And I was like, "Okay." And he's I, awesome. He loves role-playing games. He does. And I looked it up online. And like, there's videos and playing. He loves that. No wonder he doesn't get the third book done, right? But, uh, but I, it was just, it was just awesome. It was just interesting to hear. And then out of that, girl turns around and goes, "You play D and D, and this girl is a. It just was not your stereotypical gamer, which I guess means there is no stereotypical gamer. But there you go. But she, but she turns around and out of the blue says, "Oh yeah." I played D&D. My entire family just started playing it together, which was cool. That's awesome. It, which is cool in itself because so many, it's like an isolated, like one member gets into it and no one else does. But it was just really, it was a cool and surreal experience. And that had to, had revolved around Patrick. That's why. He's such a cool dude and he's so mellow. 
he's 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 actually like there's like outward Rothfuss and then there's inward Rothfuss and he's very much like an introvert that extroverts when he needs to. So I, I, I really just liked him as a person. He was so cool. Yeah. Well, very good. And, uh, I'm glad And I'm all signed up for 2019. (laughs) I'll bet you are signed up and paid up. Yeah. Oh, Marley and I already like the day they were, it was a week and a half before the cruise before this year's cruise that the, uh, that they sent out a live link for people to sign up. Marley was on it. I sent her the money. We're good. We're done. We're done. We're, We're good. good. We're excited. Just take my money. Tell me where to throw my money. I'll go. And it's, you know, it's, it's worth every penny because it's very relaxing because you're in an environment that it's all people who are just like you or different than you, but get, they get you. So I, I, I feel my most comfortable there. Like when I go to a convention, I feel comfortable because, you know, if I ha- if I were to have a panic attack or an anxiety attack, everyone there would know what to do. Right. Because pretty much like 75 to 80 percent of the people there know the same, know the same feelings. Right. Or if I'm having trouble understanding something, I'm not going to encounter someone going, God, why don't you know that? I will encounter a group of people going, oh, we'll help you understand that thing. Or if there's a game I don't know how to play. Oh, I'll, I'll teach you how to play this game. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's It, it truly is one of my favorite things to do. Um, next year will be my seventh cruise. It'll wow. be the ninth one out there. Um, I missed two years because I, I didn't realize that my friend Marley had gone. The, I didn't know it existed. Right. Um, but it was, it was just wonderful. And I got to play... Um, this great new game called Illimat, which is, hey, you know what? I'm going to send you the link and I feel like all of you should just go and check it out. It's, um, hold on. We're Illimat. I, let me spell that right. I L L I M A T.com. Um, Keith Baker and his wife, uh, Jen Ellis Baker. I love them. They are some of my favorite people. They're very kind, wonderful friends. Um, to have the creator of the game, the game is the coolest thing. And he's super fun to play with. Um, he also, they also created the game gloom, which I don't know. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that game, but it's super fun and awesome, especially with a glass of wine. Cause you can be all silly and creative. Oh, that's awesome. That sounds like, um, you got, it sounds like you had a wonderful experience. I did. I got really tan. I did a lot of sailing which was great. That's awesome. I spent time outdoors, um, saw friends that I only get to see once a year. So it's like camp. It is. It's, it's a lot of fun. If you're interested to know more, reach out to me. I'll tell you so much more, or you can Google Joko C O uh, J O C O um, 2019 or Joko Um J O C O C R U I S E.com. Um, they have not paid me for these bumpers. I am just talking about it because I had such a great time. Um, and you should go on that cruise and you should play this game. Also, Jen and, 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 and they, the Ellis's did not pay me to talk about this game. <laughs> you should just, you should just get it. You should just do it. It's quite, it's, 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 they have another game called action cats, which is super crazy. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And that's all. So awesome. there was a cruise, and then the only other nerd thing that I've done recently is um, 
finally see Black Panther. Uh, we, we're going to talk about Black Panther in a little bit uh, for about 10 minutes because that's probably all the time. We have. So I see the Joko Cruise is uh, actually leaving a little bit later next year, beginning of March. So yes. March 9th through 16th. Yep. Um, it's so, back on the East Coast, too. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Fort Lauderdale kind of sailing out. So that would yeah. be kind of cool. I, the people on the we had the same ship this year as we did last year. It's going into dry dock to get a couple for a couple months to get something updated. And then um, Holland America is, is taking it down to the Panama canal and crossing it over to the Atlantic um, oh. and doing it. Like it wasn't scheduled to be on the Atlantic, but they are, since it's going to dry dock, they shifted it around and it's going to the Atlantic um, mostly because we, we bought out the boat. Oh, oh yeah. and do you know a band called, have you ever heard of, they might be giants. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're an old band. They've been around for a they're while. They're, they'll be, they'll be a part of Joko Cruise next year. That's awesome. I know I'm sitting, I've been listening to all their music, trying to learn uh, all their songs on the uke. That is fantastic. But you if know, there was one place I'd love to vacation, it's Wakanda. <laughs> oh, My yeah. God, that was oh, beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, so what's going on in your sci-fi world? In my world? sci-fi world, well, there's a couple of things. Um, you know, I thought I saw Black Panther probably about a month ago, probably when you were on the cruise, something like that. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, as I mentioned before, I'm reading through Wise Man's Sphere, so the yep. second book in the series, so fantastic. Watching Doctor Who because my son has begged me to watch Doctor Who. And I and I know that's a very difficult thing to be what? begged to do. But uh, so finally, Ke- finally, well, Ugh. Kiefer has these friends at school that does that are like Whovians, I guess. And, and like, I've watched a series, right? But he has not. And he, I said, okay, we'll start with Christopher Eccleson. So minus a few episodes that he struggles at times with sleeping at night. And there are some that are a bit dark. But but overall, watching it and just thoroughly enjoying watching this with him. In fact, what he said to me is, Dad, there's a Doctor Who convention the end of March. Can we go to it? Which is actually, yes. I, think, I think it's either coming, I think it's coming up or was this past weekend. And and I said to him, buddy, I said, we were at Farpoint. I said, I can't do that many conventions. Um, and he goes, okay, well, maybe next year we can skip Farpoint and go to gener- like Regeneration or Regeneration, regeneration who yeah and i said well we can we can look at that close to the time so but uh so he's totally into doctor who right now which is absolutely fantastic the other thing he's yeah. into that plays a little bit into what you were talking about in the cruise is he's gone into and he's been doing this for a while building his own games well he began developing his own card games that are kind of wow. geeky um and there's this and so one of the things we're working on is like there's a site called Game Crafter, and maybe you heard about it, but I didn't hear about it before. And it's basically like a print-on-demand, and you can for games, you can actually publish your own games that you create. Wow! And, and, and it actually looks kind of official. So before we're playing on these little papers that he kind of hand drew, but we're working at transferring at least one of his games into that, just to give him the idea that look, you could do this, and at least maybe supplement income or you know whatever. If you really get into game making, there's a there is a field for that. So, so it's gamecrafter.com. And so I'm excited about playing with that and making it look good. And it's kind of fun. So that's awesome. 
So uh, we're exploring, and there's a second site out there too, uh, but I don't remember. But we're using Game Crafter seems to be the one that a lot of people uh, use when they're creating their own games. So that's super cool. That's so exciting. Yeah. yeah. So it's exciting. What I like is that it's creativity, but it's really he's he's really thinking about like what the moves and the different actions. Um, he actually has another game that he created before this game that he's working on that I liked even better, but he's, he's passionate about this game right now. So, so, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's, 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 um, it's, it's well done and it's based on like elements and yeah, very cool. So I'm really excited about that. And, uh, so doctor who I'm watching, I watched Star Trek, the motion picture, cause we'll be talking to Larry Nemechek in the next episode, um, about that. And Oh, I watched the Magnificent Seven. Which, which know, one? Which what? Which which I know isn't sci-fi related, but Danzel freaking Washington's in it. And I'm gonna watch it. And Chris Pratt. The new one. And, okay, got it. And I'm like, it was awesome. So. You know, there's uh, there was an original Magnificent Seven, right? I do, I, I do, but I didn't watch it. I watched this one because Danzel freaking Washington was in it. Denzel Washington is amazing. Chris yep. Pratt is in it. Yep, and he's amazing in it. He's pretty good. He's very Chris Pratty. He is very Chris. Well, I think that's what I, I, I just enjoy him so much in Guardians of the Galaxy. And I said, here's my man again. Yeah. Before he was kidnapped he, from Earth, here he was. I did. So Infinity Wars is coming out soon. Mm-hmm. So I've been rewatching uh, a lot of. I haven't been watching them in order. It's more like whatever kind of suits my fancy. But I did rewatch this uh, Guardians two, and I don't dislike it as much as I did the first time around. Oh, that's right. You weren't real crazy about it the first time around. I wasn't crazy about it. No, I only watched it one time, but I, uh, um, I'm not. The scene when they go to Big Old Dear Dad's world just doesn't isn't the most exciting place for me. Mm. Still, but I mean, I do like the story, and man, I did like Black Panther. <gasps> so good, yeah. So let's talk. We have about five ten minutes here. We can talk. I don't know how you're going to talk about Black Panther in five minutes, but what was so amazing? I tried for the life of me to get my daughter to go see it because you know she's Haitian and you know African, you know, kind of you know Haitian American, and this is kind of her. In, in a sense, like the, it's her culture, her heritage. Um, mm-hmm. that didn't want anything to do with it. Kiefer went with me, loved it. And I loved it. It was, it was an incredible movie and so well done. So well done. It's, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. There was an article in Forbes called Box, it's the, it's titled Box Office. Black Panther should terrify every Hollywood studio. And it basically points out that like every, it's, it's a, it's there's so much in it that isn't regular generic you know anglo dude action film it's beautiful yeah. it's elegant it's it they 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 use a language that exists in south africa um nkosi i think i can't i can't pronounce it well i don't have the the phonetics behind it right. and the gentleman who plays black panther um, he like kind of tested it out on this smaller film that he was working on try- and worked with a dialect coach and then brought it to civil war. And it just, it was so beautiful. So to know that that language, when they speak in the film and they speak Wakandan, it's, it's Ikosi, 
and it's so beautiful. And um, Lupita Inogo, no, I'm going to ruin her name. Um, Inogo, she, there was an interview I saw with her where she said, you know, the country of Wakanda in the, in this universe, it is a part of Africa that was never colonized. And she said it, it, it makes her think like, it's a way of seeing Africa. If, if all of the people who colonized it had just effing left Africa alone, uh, how it would have, uh, how it could have, you know, evolved and, and developed and become a, a much stronger nation than, than in the position that it's in. And I, I, I love it for all of that. Yeah. I just loved how, you know, it was just, it was, it was something that, it was just beautifully done, like just as a movie. And, um, but then also, you know, when you think about a movie that, you know, I think everyone can be proud of that isn't just, um, you know, you know, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, you know, this, that background and you just, it's just, it's just gorgeous. And I, it's just so neat to see a superhero movie that's, that's doing that. And and it isn't like banging over the head, you know, like somehow everyone else is stupid. It's just, it's just, it's just a beautifully done movie. And that's, that's a thing. When I look at it, having a daughter that, you know, as I said, is, is Haitian American. This is a movie that, that she could, that she, if she really wanted to, could be proud of. So, so I just, she should, I mean, of the, of the, of the, of the of the family that that Chitala belongs to, and and his people and his tribe, the, the warriors are the the leaders are mostly women. Oh, I know. And his sister is you know leads the technology coming out of Wakanda, and uh, all of them these powerful women. It's such a positive. There's there's so much I can't even get all the words out. Yeah. She is. may see if you can find a couple clips of it. Is it that it's She'll eventually watch it. Don't, I think so. Don't I, we'll probably watch cram it, it down we'll, her throat. We'll but, probably watch oh it at gosh. home. We'll watch it at home or something like that. It's amazing. You know, it can, I already ordered it on iTunes. Oh, did you? <laughs> it, you know, it continues to move up the ranks as being, you know, when we last, Miles and I last talked about it, it had just broken into the top domestic grossing films. Um, and uh, it's worked its way up. It's now number seven on the list, sneaking up behind Star Wars The Last Jedi. Which has the possibility of catching, um, but then it has to conquer Titanic and Avatar and The Force Awakens, and it's going to be a little bit more difficult to catch them. But well, it's it's this is the fifth weekend. This oh, past weekend was the fifth weekend where it topped. Right now, domestic, it's at one hundred and six uh, million. Foreign, five hundred and eighty-three. So wait, wait, one point one billion, one point one billion dollars worldwide. Oh yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm it's, just looking at the domestic. Let me see the, uh, the, oh, that's not the, that's not the one I want. The foreign see. numbers are, are 583 mil. Yeah. Um, so, world, and, w- worldwide, it does not make the top. It's, it's number 14. Yes. It's number 14. I wouldn't be surprised if it moves. No, I wouldn't be surprised going. if it, it creeps up in there into the uh, top worldwide. Like um, Box Office Mojo lists it um, as far as a superhero origin movie, it's number one. 
Um, just a superhero movie in general. So in general of all superhero movies, it's ranked number two. Um, in IMAX, it's feature length. It's uh, in the top six. It's number six. It's it's pretty up there. Like it's, and I I trust Box Office Mojo more yeah, than me too. definitely more than um, Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I'm I'm I love this movie. I want to hug it. No, it is good. And uh, did you see the um, the uh, the clip with oh who's the goofy guy from Saturday Night Late Night? Uh, J- Jimmy Fallon had the guy on. Mm. Did you see the ones where people were speaking to the poster and then he popped out behind it? No. <gasps> you oh, have got stars. to watch it because I, number one, I love that. Those sorts of things, like when the real actor appears type things, I love those sorts of surprises. When he oh, does yeah. it, people are like declaring, like there's all these African American women and men and kids coming up and saying well, how much the movie has meant to them. I have a superhero that's, you know, of their own authenticity. And then he pops out and it's like, wow, it's just, it's just so moving. So moving. It's a, hold on. Whoa. So, sorry. Sneezed. I didn't get a chance to warn you. <laughs> Editing you that can out. Cut it out and post or leave it. Cause it's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, you know, and, and I agree, you know, the fact that we have a, a strong female lead as a scientist, a sister who is like kind of the iron man of this, universe is absolutely incredible mm-hmm. it's incredible she's what did i um from james bond q not q yeah q she's she's his q yeah absolutely absolutely she gets, she's got all the good tech yeah and she gives him a lot of crap which is perfect yeah i also like how like um bilbo and Gollum were in the movie too so Oh, I know, right? When they were in a scene together, that's all I could think about. <laughs> I know. All I could think about. Um, yeah, it's, it was, again, again, I can't say, if you haven't seen Black Panther and you're listening to this, we really didn't spoil much, but it, it is a fantastic movie and uh, well worth going to see. Well worth going to see. Oh, oh, and the end, the, the end of the, 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 the clip at the end. I'm not spoiling that. Although people should have seen it by now. Right. But that was so good. Somebody behind me was talking and I shushed them and they looked at me and said, shut it. It's the end of the movie. And then we're all watching. <laughs> well, now, which, which one at the end, the first or the second, the end, end, the end, end where, you know, who walks out of, you know, where, <laughs> well, we won't talk about that in this show. Em. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, always. Even, you know, <laughs> I wish miles was here. I know. I know. <laughs> Well, you know what? We we have to get ready to wrap up the show to move into the next one. Before we do, let's talk a little bit about Matt Fuhrer. Fuhrer. I'm talking Fuhrer. Fuhrer. I, uh, why can't I Fruer. say that? Why can't I say that? Like Frodo, but Fruer. 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 That a boy. There we go. Fruer. So how do we know this man? Personally, I don't. Yeah, it's true. You don't. That's fine. Uh, well, let me tell you this. So this is what I... So, so For me, you, you would know Hedrum. him. Go ahead. Oh, he's Max Hedrum. He is Max Hedrum. I mean, so if you watched any of the Back to the Future or your child of the age, you know Max Hedrum. But he's done a crap load of other stuff, including Timeless, which is back on the air, second right. season, Saved by the really? Fans. Uh, he's not on the second season, but he was a major part of the first season of that show. Also mm-hmm. on Orphan Black. And did you watch any of the Alton Carbon series, M? 
I just started watching that. Yeah, so um, he's, he's been on, on that. everything. He is Orphan Black, um, Timeless, as we said before. Uh, Castlevania, on- Olympus, The Nick, Witches of Eastwick, Orphan Black, Delete, Falling Skies, Bag of Bones, Supernatural, Alice, Intelligence, Eureka, Desperation, Taken, uh, Toonsylvania, Hercules, The um, Watchmen, The Watchmen. Um, let's see. Oh, keep going, keep going. Eerie Indiana, Batman the Animated Series, Bonkers. He used to be the voice of the Pink Panther. Wow. He was in Gargoyles, which I loved that show. I have it on VHS. Um, he was in Aladdin, Dumb and Dumber, Generation X, Bruno the Kid, Mighty Ducks, um, The Outer Limits, Apollo 11, um, The Magic School Bus. I love The Magic School Aww. Bus. They brought that back. And then in a million movies, like uh, the Disney's Hercules, oh, yeah. um, 50-50, Frankie and Alice, Watchmen, Weirdsville, Desperation. I, all the list of goes these, on. He goes everywhere. Do you know he was in Monty Python's The Meaning of Life? I did not know that. Was! That's fantastic. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. You were trying to wrap things up and I just lost my year. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, he's a cool guy. And, you know, Miles, who's not here tonight. Got to interview him down at Shore Leave, and he said it was a fantastic, fantastic interview. And so we're going to share that with you tonight, and we're going to end the show with just that interview. Uh, but uh, absolutely amazing guy. My daughter, I didn't realize he was in Supernatural. My daughter is going to lose her crap when I tell her that because she's a huge <laughs> fan of the show. So, so uh, Worst it's, dad ever. I go know, on. I know, right? Hey. Uh, she, she, she's she's popping in right now. So we're going to be sharing an interview for another guy that was in Supernatural. Just saying, just saying. Um, anyways, we do have to wrap up the show here. She's like, she's like, she's shooing me away, and suddenly she's interested in what I'm talking about now. Oh so, boy, I know. All right. Well, I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Enjoy the interview, and we'll catch you on our next episode. This is Manaxed. And what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros to a trailer to one of the greatest epics ever produced in the history of television. There's more. Because you are going to see it as well. Yes, it. Yes, it. Yes. Namely, the Max Syndrome Strength Start. And afterwards, that is directly following, I want to talk to you about something even bigger. Namely, my, my Max Syndrome. So, sit back. Ladies and gentlemen, we're at Farpoint 2018, and we're hanging out with Mr. Matt Frewer. Mr. Frewer's IMDb page is an impressive list of working voice acting, genre TV shows, and movies for the last three decades. If you were around in the 80s, you remember one of the first, if not the first, CGI-created character of Max Hedman. Most recently, Mr. Frewer can be seen in Orphan Black and Netflix's new Altered Carbon series. Mr. Frewer, welcome, and thank you for taking time to talk with us on the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to meet you, sir. Let's go back to the idea of Max Headroom. Can you tell us a little how, how you got the job and, and the process of making you Max Headroom? Sure. I, I was over in England at the time, and uh, the uh, Chrysalis Records was looking for a VJ, a video jockey, to uh, pump uh, a lot of their artists overseas. 
and uh, the uh, a fellow called George Stone um, uh, brought uh, an idea that he had that was in conjunction with um, a character called User Friendly, which was a, a ostensibly a, a, the first computer-generated manner, a, a prototype uh, which NASA was using for in-house training films. And he brought that idea to uh, uh, two directors who owned a, uh, an advertising company called Cucumber Studios, and it was Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jankel. And uh, and so the, the the three of them had this notion for this character, uh, Max Hedrum, and then they started uh, you know, auditioning for it. And, uh, I, uh, came in on the process because a, a, an actor friend of mine went in on it and he very kindly said he didn't think he was right for it, but he knew somebody who was, and that, that never happens. <laughs> and, uh, I did a, a kind of five minute ad lib around, uh, or 10 minute ad lib around five lines of dialogue and, and then auditioned for the other character, the Edison Carter character, and then got it from there. Cool. Yeah. It's a yeah. I went went back to YouTube and and watched them. It was a so brought some 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 fun memories back. There's too many shows named that I've seen and enjoyed you in, but one I really enjoyed where your recurring character was uh, Jim Taggart in Eureka. That looked like a fun show to work in. What was that experience like for you? Uh, it, it was a blast. I mean, it, and uh, it, certainly all the fun that the, the characters and cast looked like they were having, we were actually were having. I mean, it was uh, it, it was great. And, and uh, you know, the, you don't often find that unusual alchemy where everyone is getting along with everyone else. But uh, that was uh, that was one of the shows where that happened. And it was it was great fun. I always enjoyed it when you were on. Oh, great. Thank you. Oh, sure. In looking at your IMDb page, you're always constantly working. At, when you're given a pitch for a role, is there anything uh, in particular that you look for? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I always look for what's wrong with a character rather than what's right. Uh, you know, the, okay. the kind of, uh, it's the flaws that make us human and it's the, that's the interesting stuff to play. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's, uh, uh, that's, that's where the parameters start getting pushed out for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's fun. A lot of we, we see you in, in sci-fi fantasy shows. Do you particularly like sci-fi yourself? Uh, yes, I do. I am in, you know, I, I do some sci-fi. It's not all sci-fi, but it, it tends to, uh, I don't actively seek it out. It tends to find me. But, uh, it, I mean, it, it, they're always fun characters to play because usually they're put in an extreme circumstances. I mean, how do you... How, how do you react when the alien comes in the room? You know, <laughs> you know. So it, it's uh, a, a lot of it is uh, imagination work, but uh, you know, it's usually uh, people put in an, in extreme circumstances, and that usually lends itself pretty well to drama. You know, or traveling in time, like you do in Timeless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Time time travel is always a good one too. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So at a sci-fi convention, me and the fans get to nerd out, get to meet some of the uh, uh, actors from our favorite shows. What are some things that might make you nerd out? What, what, are, what are some things that make oh make nerd you, out nerd yeah. out? Uh, um, what are things? That, well, I, you know, I I think the you know every time I come to one of these things, obviously one of the big tentpole shows is Star Trek, and it does make me think about you know what Gene Roddenberry did and the universe that he created and the, you know this vision of a of a future, uh, which uh, you know is sort of astounding to me the, the way it's affected everyone and 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 you know it's this and that's 
kind of the best reason to come to a con is because as an actor, you feel as though sometimes you're, you're working in a bubble in a vacuum and then you meet fans and you, and you realize it has touched people. And that, that's the, uh, that's the great thing. So it's sort of a, sort of a, a two way, two way nerd out. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking ahead, uh, what can we see in the near future? Is there something we can be plugging? Sure. Uh, Altered Carbon I'm, I'm working on now. And uh, that's, that's the first season, and hopefully it goes to a second. And also uh, a miniseries called uh, The Truth About the Harry Kubert Affair, based on a, a Swiss blockbuster novel of the same name. And I think that's coming out next summer. Okay, great. Yeah. Mr. Ruhr, thank you for your time today. Thank you very much for having me. Great. If you see me, give me a wave. I love to see style. I also enjoy a good laugh. <laughs> well, these rock things are all very well if you like them. But, you know, no ordinary people like you and... Well, ordinary people like you oughtn't to be afraid to speak up for classical music. <laughs> about the film you've just seen. Four questions, of, they're not difficult, but being able to count to four helps. Ready? Good. During one of my, 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 my early broadcasts in the film, I made a little joke about It's been very lucky for me. I said, sorry, I said, okay. Now for the prizes. Oh. Or if you feel really silly, you can roll them up and make your noises down. Cotton. 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 Wonderful to wear. This don't need the label sticking out. Oh, look. That you cannot beat that for a first prize. Well, you can. But I can. Good luck and see you in London. Say, Max, you're special. You're unique. You're 
listen to it, to it, to it. I figured it out time and time and dealt again. I mean, who's calling the two, 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 no? Who's in cruise, cruise, cruise control here?